Hi, I'm Michelle Gelati Mandel. And I'm Josh Mandel. And this is the How Goods This podcast, where we share with you our creative hacks learned from coupledom. These thoughts and ideas have been inspired by our two decades together, which includes living and working in three different countries, one child, one dog, and lots and lots of love notes. And let's face it, we've also been inspired and have learned from the challenges we all face in our lives as couples. Tough times, family loss, we've learned from all of it. So we hope you enjoy How Good's This, a podcast that encourages you to ask this simple question every day. Hello and welcome back to the How Good's This podcast. Hi everyone, so happy to be with you. This is, we believe, episode eight. Eight. And we are calling this a, a, an experiment because we are not only coming to you via the podcast, for those of you listening to the podcast, but, but we are, we're actually Facebook live streaming our recording of the podcast. Correct. That's very meta. That's right. And we, we just let the Facebook, our Facebook uh, audience know that it's also an experiment because I have been ill the last couple of days. So there's coughing that could happen. There's lots that could happen. But here's the thing. If Josh and I have learned one, two, three things over the last five, six years um, that have really tested us slash taught us uh, in enlivened, maybe even enlightened us, is that if you can't go after the things that make you feel good, make you feel alive, um, meaning knowing that there's going to be imperfection, knowing that you may not get it right, then we're really not living. In other words, I knew that even though I'm not feeling a hundred percent physically, I knew that I could, if I could, um, come on this, you know, this podcast, if I could come onto this live stream, if I could have a conversation with my husband that I would feel better. So, you know, it's, it's not what we're normally taught. Normally we're taught or normally, you know, we say to ourselves, well, I'm just, I'm going to stay in bed and I'm going to stay in bed. And trust me, the last couple of days I really have. Um, and tonight felt like what was going to really help me feel healthy yeah. is expressing you know, what I feel needs to be expressed because um, what we're going to talk about today is something that we feel has really gotten to a critical mass. In other words, Josh and I keep having very similar conversations with lots of different types of friends, like all over the country. And we're all saying one main thing. And then we're going to tell you, you know, the title of this, of, uh, of this podcast. We're, we're talking about the many different conversations that we as children, that we as, yeah, really as children when we were growing up that we just didn't have, or that as teenagers, you know, we weren't having as well, you know, that yeah. our parents weren't talking to us about. And that really as adults, maybe now, you know, I'm in the personal development field, so I have these conversations a lot, but for, for most of us, a lot of the conversations that we're going to give, sort of ideas of conversations you could be having with your within your relationship, your romantic relationship with your children, and sort of communal conversations with your um, friends, they're just not being had, and they're really yeah. important to be had. So do you want to give the, um, the title of the... Yeah, so the, that's where I was going to go. The, the title is... Um, conversations for the kitchen table, unconventional. Well, 
We were inviting you. The, the we're live inviting streamers. you to the kitchen table to have necessary conversations. Correct. The reason why we call it the kitchen table, and we'll touch on this in, in one of the zones, is that that's code for Michelle and I in our relationship. That it's like, okay, that's a kitchen table conversation. That means that's where we need to sit down and give whatever topic it is, it's due. It's not a hallway conversation. It's not something handled over text. It's something that is important enough to sit down and be present with one another. Right. So we have, uh, which we kind of already flagged to our, our Facebook friends, we've uh, flagged or, or identified three zones, three conceptual areas that we're going to talk to you about. One is... You sound so serious. Because it is. <laughs> this is the real meat Let's of being it human. Let's shake it up. Let's shake it up. Don't get me sick. Mm-hmm. Um, one is uh, conversations that we need to be having with our kids. One is conversations that we need to be having with each other in, in a, our friend communities, communal sense, generally out in the world. And third is conversations in relationship. And we've got three for each. That's nine. Michelle seems to think we're going to be able to pull this off in 35 minutes. We'll... I said 25 minutes. You said 25. Yeah. See, I already bumped it up. So here's the thing. This is not an exhaustive list, <laughs> but what we hope, the intention for this podcast, and of course, you know, for the live streamers as well, the intention for this conversation is that even though Josh and I aren't going to go super deep within each and every title or type of conversation, Hopefully, the the titles of these conversations, the themes of these conversations will inspire you, will enliven you to have these conversations with your kids, within your relationship, and with your community, you know, communal, like with, yeah. your, with your friends. So let's just jump into it. Let's jump into it. Um, so for our kids, here's the list. Here's the list that we are going to, or that we created for, that we believe that we need to be having with our children. Necessary conversations. Necessary conversations. And these are not in order of importance, but the very first one uh, on our list is um, how to ask for consent. Um, Again, we're not going to, you know, go super deep on any of these. I'm just going to sort of, you know, um, I'll say the next one and then you can say the last two. Um, how to ask for consent. The quick thing I'll say about that is that Nolan, our son, is 12 and a half. Really, he's 13. He'll be 13 in a few weeks' time. About six months ago, we started having an age-appropriate conversation with Nolan about consent and what that meant. In other words, we we dove into that conversation um, through you know, re- having him remember the time when he was six or seven years old and getting into the shower. And at that point we'd said to him, you know, we normally help you take a shower and we want you to know, you know, now that you're getting older, that if there's at any point, um, you know, that you don't want us to help you, like that's cool, you know, and we, it's a longer conversation that we had with him, but I'm just sort of sharing for you parents, you know, how, how you might, you know, um, enter into that conversation. Um, the next one that we, uh, that we know that might be sort of, Again, something that is necessary to talk about, but that I know my parents didn't talk about with me and that we definitely want to have with Nolan is how do you break up with someone? You know, when you're 14, when you're 16, I'm talking about romantic relationships, romantic relationships. Yes. How do you break up with someone? How do we break up with someone? In other words, how do we, how can we be confident in the truth, in our truth? 
How can we be comfortable sharing that truth with someone and do it in a loving way? So it's not that we want to lie about why we're breaking up with someone. It's not that we want to cover anything up. We want to share the truth and do it in a, in a loving and respect, you know, respectful way. Um, and then the next two, Josh will, uh, will chat about or, or share the, the titles of. Uh, the third one is how not to ghost in your life, meaning how not to be a ghost or ghost, yeah, how, how to Ghosting. ghost someone. Yeah. yeah. Um, it kind of speaks for itself, but it's that, that reality of sometimes your friend relationships or romantic relationships don't continue. And how do you own that reality in a way that honors the fact that there was a relationship in the first place? Well, and it's also the conversation, you know, right now, our teenagers, you know, a, a lot of you watching this, a lot of you listening to this on the podcast have either preteens or teenagers and the ghosting that, um, you know, that we're all aware of is that it's so easy to hide behind, uh, our cell, their cell phones, our cell phones. Listen, I'm going to throw myself into that, into that, um, yeah. that Social collective text. So how do we. How can we keep and or continue our personal responsibility in relationship? Whether you've known someone for a day, whether you've just, you know, met someone on Tinder or, you know, you are Facebook messengering some entrepreneur, you know, or some business connection, you know, how do we close the loop on a relationship? Or, or in other words, how do we, let me back up, not on a relationship. How do we close the loop on a conversation? You know, instead of just ghosting someone yeah. um, and yes, in a relationship, like let's be honest with why we're breaking up or why something's happening, but also just um, how to, how do we, how do we not allow technology to steal that sort of emotional intelligence and that, that compassion that we have for someone to, yeah, to just close the loop on a conversation. Yeah. I think, yeah, that and related to it is. How do we ensure or, or we need to have the conversation with our kids around owning, honoring a relationship, even if it's a relationship that they want to walk away from and, you know, being honest about that. Yeah. So it's, that's the, the one you brought up is similar to the, how do, how do we break up with someone? And then the ghosting it's conversation has, yeah. has two legs. It's yeah. how do we not ghost on social media? How do we you know, close the loop and then also, you know, on the relationship side yeah. of things. And then the last one is about imperfection. And the last one's a big one because no one's going through finals right now. It's how, how do you embrace imperfection? You know, a lot of what our kids are going through on a, on a daily, monthly and um, uh, semester basis is being measured. It's being, having to show knowledge. It's, it's trying to understand how to succeed in a class and what that means to you. Um, obviously important in terms of schooling and growing and learning new things, but what inevitably happens, and I think is probably happening more in our society lately, we've all heard about the pressures that kids are feeling in school, um, is that we're not having the conversation with our kids about the difference between who you are as a person and how you are performing in school. Right. Or your what inherent... it means to give effort mm -hmm. and what it means to see the result of that effort and understanding that it's okay to fall down along the way. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay not to have the A. Right. 
and that your inherent value, like that there is value in you always, you know, that's kind of goes yes. back to unconditional love or, you know, so there's an, there's inherent value, whether you get the A, whether you get the B, whether you, you have the D or the F. And then also in addition to that, um, you know, this, how to embrace imperfection, the conversation, the necessary conversation that also needs to happen is as us, meaning I'm pointing to you guys and I'm pointing to you guys on the podcast, both live stream and podcast, um, where it's our, as, as adults, it is our, or can be in a, in a really cool and, um, uh, yeah, in a really cool and curious way it can be our responsibility to share with our kids, our nephews, our nieces, you know, our cousins, whomever about our, like, you know, our mistakes, you know, I remember recently having a conversation with Nolan, um, and we keep having this conversation, like, but I'm thinking of the very last one where I told him about something that didn't go well at Josh's work, or I told him about how, when I didn't, you know, I did something wrong, you know, in, in a certain project, or I had to go back and redo it, or, or I hurt someone's feelings or whatever it is, but just really sharing our imperfections slash our mistakes, our bruises, our, you know, missteps with our kids helps them see, oh, I get it. When I'm an adult, right? When I'm 19, when I'm 20, when I'm 30, when I'm 40, when I'm 50, I don't have to be perfect. Like, you know, I think sometimes kids look at us, meaning look at their parents or look at other adults and think, oh, they never screw up, you know, (laughs) but that couldn't be further from the truth. And so, you know, you know, and one of the main reasons that we wanted to really have this conversation publicly is that all of these how-tos, or in other words, all of these conversations will only but help the connection, the support felt within, you know, communities. It will help people not feel alone. It will help people not feel sad, you know, um, that they're the only human on this planet that actually has human feelings, uh, you know, human, um, yeah, again, yep. is, is human and, and, and expresses their humanity in being, you know, imperfect. Yep. So, so again, I think that part is just sharing with your kids the yeah. perfection. Yeah. And these are all, you know, what Michelle and I talked about, these might actually be, actually be topics that we dive in, into in um, future podcasts to go really in depth on. Do you want to go next? Yeah, sure. So then the next zone that we talked about was this idea of our larger friend zone slash community slash what's going on in culture. It's how we interrelate with people in the broader sense outside of family. Um, and the first topic is something that we've covered off, uh, I think on a previous podcast, actually, um, embracing the reality or, or sorry, I'm in the how to thing, how, how to live a life where death is a part of life. And what we talked about in the previous podcast was this idea that we, especially in, in the U S Western culture, we, we grow up in a culture where death is bad. It's inherently bad. It's wrong. And as a result, it's kind of separated from the reality of life. Um, that kind of connection of life to death is, is broken to a point where death is such a cataclysmic event. And, and it is, I'm not saying it's not, it, it is a deeply emotional yeah, each, thing. Each new death. <laughs> I just said this, I think to a client the other day, each new death that someone experiences when I think of, you know, losing my brother and my mom, um, over a two year period, and then obviously experiencing loss before, as we all have many times, 
each new physical loss feels like the first one. Meaning like there's a lot of it that feels like you've never experienced yeah. it before because it is so painful. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's true. It's, it's, it, you haven't experienced it before. So it's a new thing to experience. Um, and we talked about the, there's this, um, thing that we saw in a, a film about Buddhism that talks about, um, the glass is already broken. And I think, I think this is connected to this idea of death as a part of life, which is think about an, an object, a thing that you enjoy very much. In this case, it's a, a glass. Maybe it's your favorite mug for coffee or tea in the morning. Or a shot glass. Or a shot glass filled with woo Essen- juice. With essential oils, yes. Let's be um, clear for those of you that just hopped on. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, it breaks. You know, you're, you're clumsy. It slips in the dishwasher. A huge gust of, knocks it over. The reality is, is that that glass was always broken. It was never, it wasn't going to last forever. And if we're conscious about that reality and we start to treat that as a natural part of life, the reason why we bring this up is we feel that it's going to open new opportunities for you to actually connect with people. Because invariably, you know the scenario if you've gone through this or, or your friends or anybody you know has experienced it. Once that death happens, it feels so incredibly heavy that you are afraid to open the door to talk to somebody about it. You're afraid that it's going to be a five-hour ordeal or you don't know what to say. But if we treat death as a part of life, hopefully it opens up new conversations for you. You can start to have, you can ask questions like, what were the person's last days like? Did they talk about what they thought about death as they neared it? Um, if it was sudden, you can talk to somebody about, you know, how, how did the knowledge, how did that just like abrupt reality, how are you dealing with it? And and it, it allows you to be somebody who can have a conversation without being afraid of the conversation. Yes. I know. I think, um, you know, over the last five years, allowing myself the space and the freedom to talk about this with pretty much all my good friends has not only deepened, and this is the other intention, this is the other reason we really wanted to bring this to the How Goods This podcast and also to, you know, our Facebook um, communities is that um, it's only going to solidify and deepen your relationships to have these conversations. Um, in other words, you know, the la- over the last five years when I've been able to express to friends or, to, or even just to talk to friends about death, like meaning literally a kitchen table conversation, just like yeah. you would talk about, you know, the new cocktail you had, right? Like all the surfacey fun stuff, fun stuff. Um, why not? Why not have a conversation over cocktails at dinner about death and about how you feel about it and about your own mortality. And, you know, again, the, the, le- the more that we talk about these things, the less taboo they become, the less taboo they become, the more comfortable that we be, the, the more comfortable that we, um, become with the inevitable, with our mortality, the more comfortable here. And here's a huge one for me as like an entrepreneur and, and being out in the world and doing things that haven't been done before or doing things that I haven't done before, you know, starting the greater good party, you know, growing my business, whatever, going to Greece, helping the refugees, whatever it is, um, that the more that you can talk, the more that we, the more that I, I'll keep it personal, the more that I have allowed myself to do the uncomfortable um, and have, let's say, the conversations more frequently about death and about how this has all made me feel, the more that I actually turn around in my life 
and act and just do the hard things right. because I keep talking about the hard things. So if I'm talking about the hard things, why can't I do what somebody might deem as a hard thing? No, mm. I can do anything. I can do anything. We can do anything that we put our minds to if we actually put our mouths to speaking about the things that have normally been taboo. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And then the next one, you know, the next how-to, the next conversation that um, that we're proposing, um, that we're definitely going to keep having, and, um, uh, you know, that we're proposing that we all as a community can have within our friends and within our larger community is um, how to make purpose a priority. So this has a couple legs. Um, one is, you know, I think within friend groups, we, within friend groups and within community, you know, unless you're working with like, you know, a, a coach or a consultant, you know, that, that deals with purpose work or whatever, we're, again, this is a conversation we're not having. We're not talking about, you know, when we meet with friends, we, we ride, meaning like not with necessarily with our friends so, so much, but a lot of us, and I know I've done this as well, we ride that wave, up, like that surface wave. We ride like the foam. You know, when we see each other over those two, three hours, you know, over a dinner party or cocktails or whatever, we don't go deeper than that. And, and, and we're saying, let's go deeper. Let's talk about purpose. Let's ask our friend, you know, hey, so how's work going? And instead of them being like, yeah, good, good, good. Or instead of you being the person, let's do that. Instead of you being the person, yeah, it's good, it's good, it's good. Um, allowing yourself to just share the truth. You know what? It's all right. You know, it's good for the time being, but I, I know that there's more for me out there. And like being the receiver of, um, I guess, of, of, of more of a depth of conversation, but then also being the, um, the observer slash an active and willing participant in the in that conversation where you're able to, you know, sh share with your friend or say to your friend, like, so what would you be doing if you were totally on purpose, if you were mm. that much more aligned in your life, if you, you know, it, it, yeah, if you were that much more in alignment or aligned in your life, what would you actually be doing? And, and what's like that, you know, it's not going to change tomorrow. And potentially. not just what, but why? Getting getting underneath that the the actual action and getting to the why that would be your purpose, if you're not currently living your purpose, you know, yeah. and you don't have to find your purpose doesn't have to be in your job. Hopefully, it is no. to some very, degree. Very very good point. But your purpose Thank could you. be That's outside good. of work. It could be in something you do. Your purpose could be your family or your relationship. The 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 what ultimately isn't important as you asking yourself, what's my why? Why am I on this planet? What can I, you know, what, yeah. what, why, what makes me feel good? And why is that true? Yeah. What activities am I attracted to? And why is that true? Yes. And there's two other, um, there's two other questions or, or themes to start really getting into, I guess, clarity around your purpose. And honestly, it's really not as hard as people say it is or think it is. <clears throat> So I want to out that right now. I, I want to let you know that if if you're one of those people that reads everything that you can read on purpose and like, I want to find my purpose and I want to find my purpose, look no further than what breaks your heart the most? What is the thing that breaks your heart the most? Could that be, could that make you feel on purpose to go and actually find the moments, fill in the gaps, you know, fill those hearts, fill those people with love. 
Um, and then the other one is that I, uh, that I share with my clients a lot, and this is how we get into purpose work um, uh, together, is, you know, what is the feeling, and some people sort of call this like your 500-year vision too, what is the feeling that you most wish or want to leave, leave the world with? So when you're long gone, again, 500 years from now, you know, energetically, spiritually speaking, what will have been or what, yeah, what will have been the thing that, that you are so proud that you gave to this planet, that you gave to this yeah. world? So it's a feeling. So again, it's just like the start of the purpose conversation, but, um, but let's have these conversations. You don't have to be a personal development coach. You don't have to be a success coach. You know, just we're saying, what we're saying is, there is no, you know, we talked about imperfection at the start of this podcast and at the start of this live stream. And we're saying this is not about perfection. This is merely about helping your friends, helping our children, helping each other in relationship open the door to conversations that have felt too big, that have felt like maybe they were meant to be had by other people, that maybe feel like they were meant to be had by someone in another field. No, they are all our conversations. They are all our responsibility to have. And, and, And as a result, allowing yourself to be a little vulnerable. To, to kind of go Ooh, un- that's the next one. to go underneath that that feeling of that things need to be perfect or that you know when you meet these certain people that you don't go beneath the surface and you know they our connection with one another only ever happens if we're actually vulnerable with each other if we're able to share and feel the trust in that connection so well you just gave the third can one. you read that though I can't read that <laughs> <laughs> gosh Okay, so the, he basically he'd see this is this is called planning for about six minutes and then, and then scribbling and then jumping into it. But honestly, you guys, like this is this makes life so much more fun and even more fun when your husband cannot read your chicken scratch. So the third conversation that we want to have within friends and community, or that we're proposing that we can all have as a collective, is how to um, make vul- how to make friends with vulnerability so you actually make friends. Right. So go ahead. I mean, you kind of I know, chatted I just about said it. it. Yeah. But it, it's kind of an underlying theme throughout, but then we wanted to call it out specifically because the reality is that the connection amongst people happens when there's some exchange, when there's some feeling that you can trust somebody, that you can rely upon them alternatively. And that only happens if you're actually vulnerable with them. If you show two sides of yourself and you find that the friendship continues and maintains through that, that openness and that sharing, that's kind of, at least in our estimation, that's really the definition of friendship. That's why for where we've had resonance with the greater good party and people have connected mm-hmm. with us emotionally and wanted to come back to it, it it's mainly because it, we've created an environment where people can come in share the things that haven't been going right for them and lean into the group for support in terms of how to get some things back on track. It could be more passion. It doesn't doesn't have to be something super deep. It could be something like, you know what, here's a project that I've talked about doing for five years and I never do it. That's, you have to be vulnerable vulnerable to do that, you know, to admit that you've been lying to yourself for that long. So, but again, the, the, the flip side of that vulnerability is the trust that gets built, and that's how community gets built, when we know that we can keep coming back to the same people as our honest selves, and we will be received as our honest selves. Yes. 
So not glossing over something you said off camera is, you know, not glossing over when, you know, shit's hitting the fan and, or, or it's going down, not glossing over that, but actually leaning into similar, you know, with the greater good party. In fact, our next greater good party is this Saturday. Our, it'll be our sixth greater good party, the fourth in LA, because we just did one in New York and in San Francisco, um, or the Bay Area. But um, but yeah, le- like you said about the greater good party, that we're leaning into one another as like a right. creative salon, as as a creative community. Um, we can do that with our friends, and I think, or I know, because of the conversations that I'm having, and definitely in my line of work, we are not leaning into one another enough. And so when we talk about you know our intention for this podcast, the intention for this live stream is to again call out some ideas, you guys probably have other ideas, some ideas for conversations that will start to and or continue to uh, support deeper relationships that will support, um, again, people not feeling alone, people feeling like, you know, uh, that, that we are all humans in this together because nobody has it more figured out. In other words, it might appear that way, or yes, someone might be further along in this arena or in that arena. But when I say that no one's further along, I mean that emotionally speaking, no matter, no matter if you're talking to the most emotionally intelligent person, there is still doubting, there is still fear, there is still worry, there is still all of those things that happen. Now, the people who have done a lot of personal development, you know, et cetera, et cetera, might they get over those things a little quicker? Possibly. But what we're trying, you know, what I'm really trying to say is um, having these conversations allow us to get back to humanity and um, and stop feeling so separate because yeah. that loneliness, that separation, and so much virtual technology um, is really driving us batty. It's really driving yeah. us... When I say baddie, I mean... Well, I th- we talked about it. Does, we're not feeling good. It's contributing to what we both believe is kind of a societal depression. Um, the reality is is that we need human connection. We are social animals. And the way that that happens is to, oddly enough, is to be vulnerable with one another. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last three... Of the three, the last zone... Oh, Wait. It's not nine, it's 10, because we gave four, four conversations that you can be having with your kids, three that, that we can be having uh, with our friends or you know, communally, and then three in relationships. So that's right. 10, right? So or I'll do take you that start? one. Yeah. So the, the first one that we, have, that we have in relationship is how to avoid passivity in your relationships. And in this one, we're speaking specifically about uh, romantic coupling, whatever that looks like for you. Um, But so, and the idea is, you know, we've all heard about how in a lot of relationships and and especially the idea of, of committing for a lifetime, getting married is that for a lot of people, that's it. I got it. The whole idea was, is that I was going to find somebody that I loved enough to commit the rest of my life to, and I've arrived. And we all know if you are in a relationship that that's kind of not the reality. The reality is that the relationship, relationship keeps going People keep growing, people keep changing and learning new things, um, yet the mindset is that the, the, the growth and the, um, the changing kind of ended when the marriage happened. So what we're talking about is a step above, so people recognize that's, that's not true. Let's take it a step above that and even recognize that 
the act of coupling is actually a creative endeavor. It's actually full of energy. And what we mean by that is, is that maybe you decide that you, that you want to adopt or have a child. That, in a way, is an act of creation. We don't think about that, but we have altered the relationship. Maybe it's something as simple as you decided that you're going to do some home renovation. That is a creation. You're doing that together. And hopefully we, you are doing it together, because I think a lot of times what happens is, just to, just to call that out, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it's still together. It's just one person has opted not to be an active participant in it. And, but, but it is talking, happening in the relationship. Right. But what you're talking about, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. is being an active participant yes. yeah. in something together. It's an active participant and seeing that your relationship is a creative endeavor. It, mm-hmm. you're, you are creating things every day, whether you're conscious of it or not. Um Michelle and I, you know, we've, we've mentioned before, we've been talking for years about wanting to do something together creatively. We always thought it would be writing that never happened, but now we're doing the, the greater good parties. It hasn't happened yet. Still yeah, totally possible. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Still totally um, possible. But we have come together to do that. So I think that's one thing that can help in relationship yeah. is starting to think about it less as the relationship is being defined as you've made a commitment to one another. And think about it as now that you've made a commitment to one another, you are actually creating and kind of taking that consciously, uh, putting the wheels on the bus, if you will, and kind of driving that reality. Right. So that's one conversation just to, just to come back to um, remembering what this podcast, what this live stream is about. This is a conversation that you can have with your partner, with your spouse, with your, you know, whomever you live with, someone that you love, your beloved. This is a conversation you can have with them. Hey, how can we, um, you know, how can we, well, what we have on this piece of paper is how to avoid, how do we avoid passive, passive, help me? Passivity. Passivity in our relationship. In other words, how can we become more creative together? What can we do you know, creatively together? How can we become more active yeah. in our relationship together instead of just, you know, passing each other, you know, every day when we come home from work? So that's right. a conversation to, to open the door to. And then a second one, we'll give you one last one before we bid you After adieu. After this, two more. Oh, it's two more. Yeah. No, one more. What's that? This one and this one. So the next one is... Um, <laughs> the uh, the title that we came up with was how to put the truth between you. Um, so what we mean by that is personal responsibility. In other words, Josh and I have seen, so Josh and I have been together 20 years. We will be married 17 years this Saturday. So this Saturday we have our greater good party here in Los Angeles. We're going to have live music and we're going to have our traditional Greater good party. We're going to have our traditional sort of spoken word and, and song and inspiring stories and just a great time. Um, and uh, why was I saying that? Greater good party, putting the truth between you, personal. Oh, we've been together 20. We'll celebrate 17. And one of the things that we've really noticed, excuse me. <coughs> That's pretty told, good. You've gone. Told you it was an experiment. I thought I would be okay without my cough. an hour without cough. Um, is that... One thing we've realized in that 20 and and 17 years officially married, but really 20, is that anytime you and I have been able to take personal responsibility before we point a finger at anyone else, it has always gone better. And meaning that's not why we did it. We didn't say, 
to each other, hey, let's take personal responsibility so that we don't argue. It wasn't like that. We, we're not afraid of, you know, um, you know, talking, uh, having uncomfortable conversations and being like, hey, this hurt my feelings or why yeah. don't you do this or you said you were going to do that. But what, that's what we realized. We yeah. realized, oh, wait, when we do this thing, you know, when we exhibit, when we practice um, our EQ and or use our EQ, I should say, um, and we say to ourselves or remind ourselves, hey, if something's not going right in our relationship, if we can, because it's very easy to point the finger at anyone, but definitely your spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whomever, before we point the finger at that person, know, knowing that energetically it takes two, again, it, it energetically speaking, even if someone has hurt your feelings, again, that can also, we can also say that is also a choice. That would be another podcast entirely. But, um, but you... You two in a relationship are bringing your energies together and are creating something. So if something is happening in your world, if something is happening in your relationship, that means that you have a part in it. It might not mean that you actively did something, but what I'm saying is it, it has helped us so much that when something happens in our relationship and I take a step and I go, you know what, honey, I see how I miscommunicated you know, or didn't tell the whole story this morning, how I wanted the chicken soup. By the way, this is a real story that happened. I was, I was annoyed because Josh didn't bring me chicken soup. Cause again, as, as I've shared, I I've been sick. And so I've literally been in bed for two days. And so I was a little bit annoyed or a lot annoyed that he didn't bring me the chicken soup. Cause yesterday he said, tomorrow morning, I will bring you the chicken soup. Um, now in his mind, tomorrow morning, or sorry, tomorrow morning I'll buy the chicken soup, is that he would buy the chicken soup on the way to work (laughs) versus buy the chicken soup, which is just a couple blocks from our house, buy it because they open at 7 a.m. and then bring it home to his wifey so that she could maybe have it, you know, for lunch. Now, I, when I talked to him, you know, I realized, you know what? I realized that I miscommunicated, or in other words, I didn't tell you the full story. I just said I wanted chicken soup, but I didn't tell you when I wanted chicken soup. So I'm upset that you didn't bring me the chicken soup, but I totally see my part in it. And then it was so much easier for you to come home. He came home with flowers. He felt bad. Um, He came with, with flowers. He didn't bring home the chicken soup because this girl, sick as I was, got in the car just like six hours ago, I'm feeling so much better right now, but got in the car to go get myself the chicken soup. But wasn't it so much easier for you to say, Hey, I'm sorry, because I was able to give of myself and take personal responsibility for whatever percentage, for whatever part I had to play. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. When we say, I like to say a lot that the truth is in the middle. It's always in the middle. Um, we, we want to see it as being one-sided, Sometimes because that protects us, other times because it's it's a basic truth of psychology that we want to assign cause to things so that right. we understand why they happened. So our, our, our nature is to apportion blame, whether it's 100% on us or 100% on somebody else. But the reality is, is that we relationship is this. It's literally that. It's, it's relating. And, and yeah. maybe sometimes the truth in the middle is skewing slightly one way or another, but the reality is, is that these situations only happen because we're in a relationship. And when we stop and realize that situations happen 
because we're both playing into them, Mm -hmm. then it makes it, like you said, it makes it easier to have a conversation about it instead of just making the conversation, no, I I wasn't wrong, or no, you were wrong. (coughs) Excuse me, podcasters, or I mean podcast community. So the third and last of our topics and of the topics in relationship is actually the one that I said was related to the title of the overall talk. And it's the idea of um, how to make or, or how to create moments of active presence, which is the metaphor of the kitchen table. So for Michelle and I, that's our code for we need to have a conversation about something. Mm-hmm. It could be, hey, we haven't, we're, get, we're taking a trip in three weeks and we haven't nailed down the travel plan, so let's sit down and work through it. Or it could be those harder conversations about this is an issue that keeps coming up in our relationship and we need to have a conversation about it. But the kitchen table is our signal to one another that this is a moment where we need to be present for each other. We can't, we can't do this in a hallway conversation as we're passing each other. We can't do it in text messages or reminders. This is a conversation where we need to be present. So there could be all different ways that you, you know, triggers or, or, or codes or metaphors or whatever that you want to set up in your life. But the idea is the recognition that there are times where you, you need to consciously carve out time to show each other how important a topic is and how important the other person is to you around that topic. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So we're going to wrap this up. We're going to wrap up the podcast. We're going to wrap up the live stream. Um, thank you, first of all, for um, allowing me to just cough and be human <laughs> and be sick right imperfect. now. Be imperfect. Be sick, um, but be sick and still be able to do what I love um, and to do it with the person I um, love doing it with. Um, and so- then as a, as a way to kind of put a wrapping on the whole thing, we'd like to ask whether you're watching this on Facebook or whether you're getting it through the podcast, if you've heard anything in any of the topics uh, that we quickly discussed in, in this episode that you would like us to dive in on more, please let us know. They might actually become the subject of a standalone podcast or if it's not a deep topic, maybe we'll do it as a live stream. But um, yeah, we're really reaching out and, and saying your marching orders going away from here are if, if there was anything here that resonated with you or that you'd like to have a deeper conversation about or hear a deeper conversation about, then please let us know. And more importantly than even that is is have the conversation, have these conversations with your kids, with within your relationship, with um, your friends and in the community. Have these conversations. I mean, We'll, we'll lovingly take, you know, any thoughts um, for the podcast and the live streams. But yeah. really what our intention is, just so that we're really clear, um, the intention for this conversation for literally, I'm getting hot right now, like I'm getting a fever, like I feel like my fever is coming back. Um, the reason why I felt like it was so important to come on today, you know, as I'm sick and as I haven't been feeling well, is that, again, these conversations we keep having with friends have reached a critical mass. We're all talking about the same things. We're all saying things like, I don't feel like, you know, a lot of the friends that I have that I can't really be myself with, or I can't really have the hard conversations. Or we don't go deep. or, Or we don't go deep, or it's too surface, or... 
I just had this huge loss. You know, I had, this shit really did hit the fan. I had this loss or this person in my family committed suicide or whatever it is, whatever those conversations are or whatever those um, experiences um, in life that we humans have are, um, we're just not equipped maybe. We're not used to, um, equipped slash used to, equip, equipped, excuse me, used to slash equipped slash um, practiced in having these conversations. So so please do, you know, yeah. if, if anything happens from this podcast and this live stream, have more of these conversations, you know, or, or be the ear for someone to have, or, you know, even if it's a monologue, if someone wants to monologue with you, you know, just be a listener, you know, be yeah. the, be the ear and just know yeah. that the, that the uncomfortable, you know, these uncomfortable or some are taboo, some are just uncomfortable, some are sort of unconventional, um, but that all of these conversations, what they're going to do and what they've definitely done in our lives, uh, meaning as a romantic relation and within our a romantic relationship with our son, um, who's almost 13, and then definitely within our community, when we think about the greater good party, um, you know, just the different sort of communities that we're in, um, these these conversations, these ideas that we've given today have absolutely supported us in growing deeper and going deeper and rooting in deeper um, to have relationships, you guys, that actually support us. You know, every time I sign my my uh, signature on a business email and it says life is good, do you know what I think every time I see that, that, uh, that phrase? I immediately go to my relationships. My life is good. My life is great because of my relationships. How do we get our relationships to be great or to be greater? We do that by going deeper. We do that by allowing, as Josh was talking earlier, you know, um, allowing people to, to see us, to hear us, you know, be vulnerable and, um, yeah. And, and to really be ourselves. It's, that's what it's I was through relationships. As a way, <clears throat> as a way to wrap it, um, be conscious uh, with yourself as you do this, and as you, as you, Hi, Regina. as you explore these conversations, or b- within these themes, conversations that you need to be having that aren't in this list. Be conscious of where you're willing to be vulnerable, but also be conscious of where you aren't, because those places where you aren't willing to be vulnerable with other people are probably the places that you actually need to be having the conversations. So. With that, With that. We're, we'll close the um, the podcast. Thank you so much for all of you who have been listening on the live stream. We will definitely be back with you guys soon. Thank you for everyone who um, has listened to this episode of the podcast, of the How Goods This podcast. As always, we are so appreciative of... Um, of you as, you know, as the listeners of, you know, creating this community, this new How Goods This um, uh, community. And if, uh, if you enjoyed this episode or any episode of the How Goods This podcast, this is like a tongue twister, <laughs> um, please do leave us a review, um, email us and let us know. And uh, we can't wait to catch you next time. Thank you. That's today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Feel free to share. And if you could take two minutes and leave us a rating on iTunes, it would mean so much to us. We hope you've been moved to find your own answers to the question, how good's this?